Bonjour, y'all. My name is Allison Saclou, and I'm the host of Alley in France. This is the perfect podcast for anyone thinking of moving to France, traveling to France, a lover of French culture, or a Francophile in general, which is my case. I will be having weekly podcasts, but if you want to be in the know about everything French, I urge you, I insist that you head on over to my Instagram page where I post daily recipes, travel tips, and interesting insights about living in and traveling around the French countryside. My Instagram is Saclou. that's A-L-Y-S-A-C-L-E-U-X, that's at Saclou on Instagram. I've also included a link in the show notes, so you can just click on that. Hit that subscribe button so you'll get the notifications when I publish our episodes. And if you subscribe, I hope you enjoy it. Thank you for joining us for another episode. We love featuring stories from expats living in and around France. These stories highlight what makes our experiences relatable and brings us together. Now, our guest today isn't exactly an expat in France, though she has practiced being an expat in other countries. Inez is a French mood coach who helps expat women become confident French speakers so they can become more independent and feel secure in pursuing their life in France. Hi, Hi, Inez. Can you hear me okay? Yes, I can hear you perfectly. Awesome. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for for joining us today. I've been waiting for this for like, how, how long have we been trying to get together? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's like four months, maybe. <laughs> Time moves slower in the winter in France. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we took our time. <laughs> Right. So, um, Inez, I know that like all the girls in in our in our French uh, coffee group have been, you know, trying to learn French and I myself, I'm trying to get better at it. Um, and so I thought it would just be perfect to have you on because I know people are always looking for resources of you know how to how to get better with their French and it's not always a classroom or there's not always a classroom option for everybody you know so I thought this would be perfect yeah yeah I would love yeah to exchange with you about uh, French learning and yeah hope um, I can bring some inspiration and some uh, yeah new ideas around that yeah yeah because I mean for women that don't live in France but are planning on coming here you're an amazing option and you can help out with you know learning French quick quicker and like having you know conversational French um because sometimes you know just watching YouTube videos just this doesn't really mm. sink in, like getting a word wrong, getting it corrected, and then remembering it for next time. I know that always helps me a lot. Yeah, and practicing, it's important also. So, yeah, a mix of everything is uh, is good. And yes, we have, um, like, we are very lucky because there are so many contents available on the internet. But sometimes, 
too much is too much, you know? <laughs> so right. it's difficult to structure and to say, okay, what should I do next? I know there are like millions of videos, but what should I do? <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, I know. That's the great thing about you. You give everybody action plans um, <laughs> and, and things that they know would, where, you know, what direction they're headed. So that's a lot more helpful than, than self-guided learning. <laughs> Yeah, it can so, help. I mean, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, so, did you wanna? Um, can we just kick it off and just tell us a little bit about yourself, like um, where you grew up in France? Um, have you always lived here? Have you moved around a lot? Yeah, sure. Uh, so maybe to start, uh, I would say I was born in uh, Dijon. Um, that is a, a city in France, like northeast of France, in Burgundy region. I guess mm -hmm. people will, will uh, maybe know because uh, of good wines. <laughs> <laughs> um, I lived there like uh, until uh, I was nine, and then we moved uh, to um, south of France with my family. Um, in a city, in a town, maybe, called uh, Carcassonne. Um, mm -hmm. And then when I, and I was uh, 18, I moved to Toulouse uh, to study there. And then I was there um, until last year, actually. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> but I have to say that I also had the opportunity to... Um, to travel and to uh, live, um, how to say, overseas, <laughs> mm -hmm, is that, yeah, yeah abroad, uh, and I lived um, one year in Argentina, um, and I also lived almost one year in Australia. So did you did you know Spanish or English before you traveled to to either of those countries? Yeah, I knew I knew Spanish um because um half part of my family is Spanish. So from oh, my okay. father's side. Yeah. And um so I was I was used uh, to the language. I, I was not bilingual at all because I I wasn't uh grown in a bilingual environment uh, my father mm -hmm. never spoke Spanish to me but uh, I was like linked with the language uh, and um, and I studied Spanish at the university because I love <laughs> this language so so yes and for English I've always learned English at school and uh, until college um, and then just because um, for work I needed it, so I had a certain level when I when I arrived in uh, in Australia, I already could speak something. <laughs> uh, it's probably more than what I could speak of French when I moved here. I, I probably I could just order wine and be and not no. Wine and bread, because, you know, wow. I always have to go to the boulangerie. So <laughs> that was my extent of French. It's gotten a wow. little bit better since then. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, actually, I... Uh,
posted on Instagram the other day that I finally got to B1 level in French, which is there's A1, then there's B1, B2, mm. C1, C2 for the listeners. And, you know, there's all these different levels of, of French that you can get to. And I started at A1 and now I'm at B1, wow. which apparently is enough to apply for, for French citizenship. But yeah. I, yeah. I, I, I put it on my stories and I think the only reactions that I got was like one from you <laughs> and one from my friend, our, our other girlfriend, Christina, because, because we know how hard it is <laughs> to, oh, to learn yes. a little bit of French. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, even, even if it's broken French, it still counts <laughs> for something. Yes, it counts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Any progress <sighs> counts. yeah yeah but I completely understand what you said about like falling in love with the Spanish language it's Mm -hmm. you know it's beautiful it rolls off the tongue um it's fun to roll the r's Mm. and and I think it might have a lot to do with the Spanish like Latino and Spanish culture it's just they're just fun people to hang out with and communicate with and it's just so nice to be to be part of the conversation you know with yes. them so <laughs> yes it's I important when so there deep. is like a um, link with the heart when you when you like when you like to interact with people in this language and and when you like to hear it also um yeah mm-hmm. personally that was yeah the um, the case with spanish and it wasn't the same with english i have to say <laughs> I never really liked <laughs> the language, the English language, but I use it almost every day now. <laughs> yeah, I I remember uh, a girlfriend of mine, she says, whatever frame of mind you're in when you learn a language, um, it's kind of the frame of mind or the, like the personality you'll have every time that you speak a language. Um because my girlfriend is actually from uh, the Netherlands, um, but she was saying that uh, when one of her best friends learned how to speak English, she was like um, in California and in college. So her English is very like, like Valley girl and very young and jovial and it, and her English even though she's like in her 40s and 50s now, her when she speaks English, it still transports her back to the time, to the age she was when she learned it. And it's just kind of like that part of the language sticks with you. And I thought that was so interesting because I was like, yeah, yeah like when I was, when my children were born, they were born in Ecuador and they were born in Spanish basically. And I was mm-hmm. their mother in Spanish for a lot of their lives. So every time I speak Spanish to them, that's like, I'm a mom in Spanish, you know, and that makes sense to me. Like, it takes me back to that time. Isn't that funny how language transports you? And I never, and I never thought about that until she mentioned it. Yeah, it's very linked with the experience you you live uh, with the language. Wow, I love what you say. Yeah, that's very, very interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so, you know, everybody that's listening, they can take that on their path with them as well. It's like, where are you when you learn that language? And it's just, you know, a part of you and a part of your life. 
And so what? Yeah, sorry. No, no, no. no. Go, go we are ahead. Going go ahead. No, I was like, maybe it can be also, yeah, a good tip, like to say, what, what kind of experience do you have with French? Like, mm -hmm. is it only learning like list of verbs and list of words, or do you live? Do you have an experience with the language? Like, do you do something you love with the language? And I think that this. Um, this can help also to motivate and to build a different relation with the language. Of course, yeah, because if you're only interacting with with people on a very limited scale, on a very limited basis, like ordering bread or ordering a drink, I mean, that's just the beginning of it. But if you're having conversations with a coach, for example, or like you are, then your experience with the language is going to be completely different. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Um, so when you were uh, when you were living in Argentina or when you were abroad in Australia, what were you doing there? When I was in Argentina, so was that was the first time I moved abroad. I was twenty one. And uh, I moved there to uh, do a kind of exchange. I was there to teach French, actually, in a very small town. Um, because, uh, yes, they had a rela relation with France. They had like an international exchange. And uh, I went there, yeah, to, to, to bring a bit of my language and culture uh, into the schools of this town. Oh, was it um, like little kids? Were they high school age or? Yeah, they were little, like uh, from uh, maybe seven to 12, I would say. Oh, and were mm. they pretty receptive to the language? <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. they were so excited. Yeah, the, yeah, and they were so happy that I I went there. They, they were like, wow, did you trade? the plane to come here or the boat oh. and they were like yes yeah, so cute and so happy every time I, I went to the class to the classroom because I had to to divide my time into the different mm -hmm. classes you know? so, <laughs> but no they were so excited uh, yeah to be able to practice with me and show me what they learned no that was great yeah actually I really liked this experience <laughs> yeah the is that age they have such good energy and yeah. and they're especially fascinated with you because you know you came all the way <laughs> from France yeah. to their little <laughs> school oh that's adorable <laughs> and then um how how about when you uh, were in Australia were you doing something similar no in Australia I went there um like just for you know in the frame of a working holiday visa working mm -hmm. holiday visa so basically the 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 goal was to discover a bit the of course the country to to travel around and work at the same time uh, to finance the project so um i've been working in a restaurant in a farm and then um yeah doing a, a big road trip um around half part of Australia. <laughs> well, yeah, and Australia is huge. So any road trip sounds like it's a big road trip. 
Yes. <laughs> so I, I always, I always keep listening uh, for you to speak with like an Australian accent on some words, but I never hear it. I'm like, God, oh, that would be so fun to have to, you know, speak uh speak English with an Australian accent, even though you're from France. <laughs> Yeah, I guess when I was there, because I, I'm like very, I, I really adapt to the different accents. So when I was uh -huh. in Argentina, I had the Argentina accent. Now I've lost it. And <laughs> I think when I was there, I kind of adapted, but now, no, no, no. <laughs> now I have my French accent and it's good. <laughs> it's my original accent. I'm going to stick with it. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and I hope people will understand me <laughs> when they hear me. Well, I mean, I always tell my husband, I'm like, your French accent is so adorable, and he's in English, and he's like, well, your American accent in French is so adorable, and I'm like, I'll just have to take your word for it because I, I can't hear yeah. it because it's an American accent. That's just the way I talk, mm. you know. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so as far as like, you know, you traveling and working, um, did you end up doing anything else like between like when you graduated college and, and decided to become a French coach? Um, what, what else were you doing in between those times? What do you mean? Like different work when I was studying? Oh or? yeah. Like uh, what else have you worked in? Yeah, um, most of experience was uh, hospitality, like uh, restaurants and bars. Um, mm -hmm. Like for the, in summer, I, I worked uh, as a waitress and, uh, and uh, during winter, I also um, went uh, to Meribel, which is a ski resort in France, in Alpes. Alps. Mm -hmm. And um, I worked during a one winter season there, like um, as a bartender in a, in a restaurant. That was an amazing experience. So yes, hospitality. Oh, yeah. I, mm. I, would, I would definitely rather be behind the bar than um, out on the ski slopes every day. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a chilly preposition. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, that was nice. I I went uh, to work like uh, with uh, in the cabin, you know, like mm -hmm. what you take when you go skiing, and uh, that was the way I I went to work. So <laughs> that's nice. <laughs> mm. Um, and uh, so when did you decide that um teaching French as a foreign language was the right path for you when did it start making sense yeah so it came very early like I remember I was 14 and I had a kind of um, I don't know an appointment with a, an epiphany sorry Oh, I said, you, uh, I was thinking you had an epiphany, <laughs> but well, no, you had a... <laughs> no, I was, no I, I, I was sure I wanted to do that. I mean, I was always telling my mom, I want to be, I want to teach uh, to Spanish people. <laughs> so I, I wanted mm -hmm. to teach French uh, to Spanish people. And then I was like, okay, 
if you are English, it's fine, you know. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> first, first, that was my yeah, that was my yeah, kind of vocation, and I always wanted to do that. So from fourteen, I just followed the path. <laughs> I was like, okay, what's next? What I should do next? And that was very easy actually. I never had to think about it. Okay, and um, so what you studied in in the university that was like directing you towards um, towards teaching towards yeah. teaching French. Absolutely. So I had to first study uh, until level of I had to study like three years in university um, Spanish. And then after that, I could access to the master master degrees that is mm -hmm. specific to teaching French for foreign people. So that's what I did. And that was in Toulouse. Oh, okay, yeah, because I um, I've been going to these school or been attending classes that's uh, required for for my visa. Uh, with the Greta, um, and they all have uh, formatrice or basically professors, and their degree is teaching French as a foreign language, which is really difficult when you're, I mean, I imagine it would be very difficult to fathom how to do it, because nobody in the classroom has a language in common. Because mm -hmm. like um, some of the some of the students were from Afghanistan, mm -hmm. some of the students were from um, let's see Albania, some of the students were from like Argentina or Colombia, and there was just there was no common denominator between any of the students. Um, and the only way that we could have conversations, aside from the fact I speak Spanish, so of course the Argentinians and the Colombians and I were BFFs, but aside from that, there was no other way that anybody could communicate or explain anything mm. unless it was in French. So it was actually really good for us because if we wanted to talk to each other, we had to do it in our you know, in our new language. So it was a really good practice for us, especially for the women, you know, because we all are chatty and we want to get to know each other. Um, mm -hmm. So we had to start doing it in French, broken oh. or not. <laughs> it was really good. That's great. Yeah, that's a great practice. That's a great, uh, mm -hmm. yeah, experience. <gasps> yeah, mm -hmm. it was. But I mean, I just admire you guys as teachers because I'm just like, how do you find the, the the patience and the and the knowledge to just you know teach mm. teach it as a foreign language it's incredible so yeah <laughs> um so as a but back to like what you do um as far as you teaching and coaching students do you have um, any requirements uh for your students to have like a certain level of French or mm. Um, the requirement is um, 
to be able at least to have basic conversation together in French because um, yes, I'm not working with uh, complete beginners. So mm -hmm. speaking like if I had to give a level, I would say A2, but it really mm -hmm. depends on, on, on everyone. But yes, I think the, the main goal is to be able to very short to speak uh, together in French. Um, at least basically uh, and sometimes if needed we can use English um, but yes I would say A2 A2 level mm. oh, okay and um, do you work with adults and children or no I only work with adults yeah at this point um, and can um And then could you like give us an example of like different people that you've worked with before and like how designed their study, their French studying program, you know, to meet their goals? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, sure. Um, I can, yeah, I can share with you um, like uh, one of my previous clients. Um, so it's a, it's a woman. So all, all my clients, yes, are, um, almost all my clients are women and expats in France or in, uh, French speaking, uh, part of Switzerland. Um, and so, so this, this person was, uh, living in France, uh, for two years. Uh, she's been in, living in France for two years and she contacted me and her main goal was to transform all she learned into fluency or into, you know, like get to use what she had learned in different uh, language school into real uh, skill. I don't know if I'm clear when I say that. Oh, so what she had done it's like she just learned different vocabulary through yeah. the years but mm. she hadn't had like any certain direction or she... with her with her language until this point she wanted to kind of like blend everything together that she had exactly yeah because sometimes... up to that point mm. yeah sometimes when people have this level like they have learned the basics And they're like, okay, what should I do next? And and how can I use everything I learned and convert it in an ability to speak? Uh, because sometimes it's uh, something that they don't have the opportunity to do in their class or in their life. So so that was her uh, her main goal because she didn't feel confident actually uh, using the language. She wasn't confident to to start making sentences and um, having conversation with French. And that's something that was very important for her. So, so the focus was mainly on communication and she didn't want to hear about grammar. So we mm -hmm. really focused on speaking, using the language. And uh, we started by like training around situation that she has in her daily life, like maybe when you go to the doctor or hairdresser and like kind of role play and 
imagine what you could do and how could you answer to this type of question. But then very, very quickly, I think the, the coaching program changed because she was like, okay, she step by step, she understood what she wanted to be able to say in French, what was important for her. And actually, she wanted to be able to express her ideas, to give her opinion about topics that are important for her. So, so that's what we did together. She just used the, our coaching sessions like an opportunity, a safe space also to, to practice and check how... Um, um, yeah how she could how she could use it how she could um um express like how, yeah, yeah because because i understand that that's that's kind of difficult because you have an idea or an opinion in your head and you want to express it conversation with but mm. you're not sure like how to conjugate or how to get it out and make sure that it's understood in the way that you want it to be understood. I completely mm. understand where that lady was coming from. Yeah, I feel like that, yeah. that's super and important. That, that was also linked with not only the language, but also, and that's the thing that most of my clients have in common. It's not only the language. Um, it's also, let's say, the mindset or the, yeah, the belief that you have about you and uh, mm -hmm. about your um, yes about you as a foreigner in the French group for example it's like who oh sorry it's difficult to express in English mm -hmm. um, but it's much more what I want to say it's much more sometimes than just practicing the language it's just building the confidence and that was the what we did together she could train with me um so so when she was with like uh, having conversation with her i don't know uh, the the friends of her husband uh she could um she could feel more confident because she already had this conversation with me and she knew that she she was able to do it Mm -hmm. that's so important yeah because when you're in the middle of a conversation with a bunch of other people and everyone's talking so quickly it's sometimes hard mm -hmm. to know where to pull the words from but yeah. you know since she had already had the basis of the conversation with you previously mm. um, the words flowed a lot easier <laughs> I yeah. totally understand that and also, um, as a coach, we also have like coaching conversation about the different uh, the um, situation that are most most difficult. Like as you said, when you are in a group, what is it stopping you to 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 speak at that point? And is it the language, or is it what you think about your level of French, or what you think about? what you are going to say, there are so many things that can block you that are more than just the language. And in the coaching session, that's a kind of conversation we can have also 
to feel more strong uh, in the next situation when you will be like in a group and uh, struggling to, to say, okay, I will go into this conversation. Um, and I don't know if I'm clear. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're completely okay. clear because I mean, um, <laughs> Yeah, but because people, I mean, you always want to jump on like a train of conversation that people are having, but then it's in French and it moves so quickly and you're just thinking about how to conjugate a verb when the conversation shifts and then you're like, man, now I'm bored in my head, nowhere to say it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's, that's completely relatable. Um, and so I'm sure she left, like, feel, you know, left the coaching program, like feeling so much more confident, um, in her conversations and, and feeling better at dinner parties. Do you have any other examples of, of people that you've worked with, but like in other circumstances Mm -hmm. that you've helped? Yeah, um, I can give you an example of a, uh, of a student um, mm-hmm. who um, she was uh, living in France because, uh, yes, so her, because of love, you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, her uh, boyfriend, um, yes, uh, was, was working in France, so she joined him and she had to kind of start her life again in France. And the first step was to learn French. So, so she was in the university taking classes of French. Um, but um, so I met her when I just start, and I was just starting my um, coaching um, as a coach. I want to say so she has been actually my first uh, my first coachee, and mm-hmm. um, so we worked. Uh, our our goal was uh, I mean her goal was to um, boost her progress because she her goal was to work to, was to work in France so she wanted to uh, learn French almost like as fast as possible not like in, th- in mm-hmm. six months but instead of studying maybe three years. She, if she worked with me, she just, uh, she saved, let's say, one year of study because we boosted mm-hmm. the, the learning together. So, so yeah, her goal was, yes, to boost, to boost the, the learning in order then to start building her life and uh, being able to start working in France. Mm-hmm. I, I completely understand the building your life part because... Mm. You know, if you can't get a job or have conversations or make friends, then, you know, you're kind of stuck in the same position um, until you are able to communicate with people. It's a very hard place, like, to be in or or to start with. So she was doing, um, she did, like, maybe a a couple of semesters of French before she came to you. Exactly. Yeah, just one year. Um, Yeah, like two semesters. It was the end of the Mm -hmm. second semester when we started together. And we worked uh, uh, together like uh, three months. And 
that helped her to save one year. So that was amazing. I mean, the, the results were amazing. That could really prog- boost her progress. Um, so at the end of the summer, she could, instead of going on year two of French studies, she directly went to year three. So that was very oh, economic awesome. for her. Yeah. <laughs> she oh, did amazing, great. I have to say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she was she was really driven. That's amazing progress. Yeah. Mm-mm. And she had time also. Uh, because, you know, I, I don't want to say that it's easy for everyone. And I don't want to say uh, you can do it. I mean, it's... Also, it depends on your context, life context. Some people have time also to invest lots of energy and time on the learning. So that can be fast. But I know that it's not possible for for everyone. Some people have children. Some people have a very busy work. So it's okay if it takes time. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, of course. He, and then that's the great part about you being a coach is that you understand that you know everybody's life is a little bit different so every every um you know session is directed towards towards the client it's not just a one-size-fits-all course that you have going yeah yeah absolutely and that's important also for everyone to understand what is your own context and how you can adjust your goals with your own context and not put too much pressure on yourself. But for this person, for example, my help was really to give her the possibility to boost and to say, no, 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 you don't have to study three years French. Maybe you can do it in two years and then you can you can work. You can do what you really want to do. It's work in France. So mm-hmm. yeah, as you say, it's really adapting to, to everyone's context yeah and so um how long are the are the programs that you usually have for people or you create with with your clients we start with 12 weeks Mm -hmm. that is around three months to let's say for four months and a half it depends if you know they have holidays between uh but yes 12 weeks is the the minimum to start and start building something that is uh, efficient. <laughs> yeah, and like you said, with the holidays and things, because here, if you have kids, you know that you have holidays every six weeks. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> every six weeks, the kids get two weeks off. <laughs> yeah, so, so you have to do a break. <laughs> right, yeah, life revolves around that for a while. <laughs> um. Uh, how are your coaching sessions formatted? Are they are they online? Are they in person? Yeah, it's only online. Mm. Yeah, because I live uh, right now in the middle of. Uh, I would say I wouldn't say nowhere, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm in the countryside, and uh, yeah, so that's my way to connect with the the rest of the world. <laughs> yeah, it's online. <laughs> And my clients are basically in Paris or yeah, any anywhere in France. Also in Toulouse, I have clients that are just like 30 kilometers from my place. But uh, <laughs> we do it online because it's yeah more comfortable. 
Oh, yeah, of course. You don't have to worry about traffic or getting yeah. held up somewhere. You can just connect, sit down and connect. <laughs> And um, so after like, you know, coaching all these people and helping them uh, learn French better, was there something like one thing that your clients would experience that you really just didn't, didn't expect them to get out of the, out of the um, coaching sessions or? Hmm. That's a good question, and um, I think that uh, right now, because I have more and more uh, coaching experience, so I can see, I, I understand what impacts uh, people, uh, but I guess the first, first coachee were the person that surprised me more. Uh, right mm -hmm. now, I'm... I'm not very surprised when I see the change, but maybe the 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 woman I talked to you just before the student, mm -hmm. uh, I think yes, I was very surprised to see how fast we went, and uh, to see that on her mind, and on her uh, like life organization lifetime also mm -hmm. it had such a big impact um so that was yes that's the most um important thing i i've seen and then i got used <laughs> to see people um evolve yeah evolve into the language Mm. and just become so much more comfortable because i'm sure yeah. like if if you did a recording you know your first mm -hmm. meeting or your first two meetings and then a recording of like your last two record you know your last two meetings you could just see like this amazing difference um night and day but by their progress yeah and also the mind shift that is i think for mm -hmm. me the most important because um if you don't have like the positive mindset with the language when using it and being comfortable to speak a different language uh, with other people, then you can have the best level if you are not confident <laughs> inside. If your mindset mm -hmm. is not positive, then it will not work. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, it's um, it's your belief system, mm. and it what it, there's a saying that I'm going to paraphrase, but it's basically says whether you um, oh gosh, how is it? It's like whether you believe you can or you can't, like you will do what you believe. Like mm. if you believe you can, then you can do it, and if you don't, then you'll never be able to. So it's yeah you work on changing their belief system first um mm -hmm. or, or you're you're working on changing their belief system at the same time as you're as you're teaching them french so the two go hand in hand yeah exactly yeah exactly and uh, yeah so that's amazing to see 
as a, that's why I mean teaching and coaching is amazing because you when you see people changing and when you see that it's easier and easier for them it's like wow <laughs> yeah it makes in in their lives in such a short mm. period of time yeah um and as a as a coach um what would you say that um has helped you like what are the resources that have helped you along your way um so first thing was to to train <laughs> as a coach mm -hmm. uh because uh i like followed uh, the training uh to become a neuro language coach uh that is the method that i apply right now with my clients and that's was a, 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 an incredible shift from teaching to coaching. That was amazing. Mm -hmm. And then I would say, yeah, my best resources are my, are my um, business friends <laughs> and uh, exchanging always with my yeah, business friends who are almost in the same field than me. And that's very, very important. Mm. Oh yeah, the community you build is yeah. It changes. It makes or breaks you. Makes or breaks you sometimes. <laughs> and um, as far as like you know where your life has taken you, um, how how would you or who would you say were probably the the three people that have been like the most influ influential to you? Mm -hmm. three people mm -hmm. so <laughs> um so the first one i would say my father <laughs> maybe <laughs> it sounds silly but uh yes i think he has a very big uh, part in this in this thing first of all because the spanish side and i think the vocations comes from my from my spanish family Mm -hmm. um, and uh, yes and because he's like um, kind of fearless and always um, fearless I mean it's someone who can transform his life uh, who changed lots of times had many different jobs and it's like okay we can always um, yeah transform and make it happen I don't know so this, like, to dare, I would say, that's something that I like from him. Um, and then uh, I would say, yeah, in general, I like girl boss. <laughs> they mm -hmm. are people who influence me a lot uh, because, yeah, they give me the energy and they show me that uh, that's possible and that, uh, we can do amazing things and we can be successful. So I really like, yeah, that's not a person, um, specific person, but small, yeah, different, this kind of person. And I would say in general, women, they, I'm very inspired by other women. Um, yeah. So yes, that's it. <laughs> Yeah, because other women expand you and show you like what is possible from the female perspective. So it's so much mm. easier to believe than, you know, 
um, when you look to other influencers. Yeah, it's and good. I like uh, women who who dare to be different, who dare to do things like are unique, and uh, that really inspires me. It gives like a sense of freedom and uh, that everything is possible. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> empowered woman <laughs> oh of course of course yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I see that as a name of a, a a name of one of your courses or, or something like that and empower yourself in French <laughs> yeah 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 that's actually that's my mission um yeah to so all the women living in France or in a French-speaking country feel strong as they were in their country, you know, because the language should not affect you. The language should be just a, another weapon to, uh, to, be, to be better. But I want to give this, this strength or to help at this strength because I feel it's such a shame when people are like um, reduced uh, because of the language oh yeah yeah that's definitely a possibility when you switch countries and and you're not sure of yourself like women do or anybody would mm. like shrink under the pressure of the mm. new language and the new place and they're mm. they're not the same personality as they were before or they're not they don't have a strong personality like they did before because they're just unsure of how to express themselves Yeah, it's funny how language is so psychological as well. <laughs> yes, yes, <laughs> so much. Um, so uh, also, uh, do you have any books you'd like to, or books or films like you'd like to recommend for like our readers, like if they're just getting into French and would like, or you know, oh. some maybe easy read easy reads for them mm. just to just to get the uh, that part I of their brain working <laughs> yeah sorry I don't have very easy easy books to recommend uh, actually I I did a, a, a blog post about reading um, oh yeah if, if some of the listeners would like to to to, to get some um, inspiration about what they should read uh, that's on one of my blog posts but I wanted to say that uh, comics and um, how to say in English, like uh, graphic novel. Are yeah, I think they, they always call it graphic um, novel here. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah, it is like a comic book. You're right. But the comic books here are hardcovers and they're actually like yeah. pretty nice. <laughs> okay, so that's It's, what I mean. Yeah, so that's just to open open your mind if you want to read in French and try different things. There are like magazines, not only novels, not only books, uh, like literature. There are so many different things. And personally, I love to read uh, graphic novels and yeah, different things like that. And I think it's great to, to learn French because uh, there are lots of dialogues and people uh, communicating. And so you can see the, the real language in context. And also the fact that there is an illustration and a, a draw and something you can, you can also understand like only with the drawing. So I mm -hmm. think that's a good resource. 
So yeah, I would recommend the, that. Like mm-hmm. Asterix and Obliques by Kids Love That. Like that's one of their favorites. Yeah. 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 And I've noticed uh, every, like in any French collection of, of graphic novels on the shelf of, you know, whatever their favorite is. Yeah. Isn't it like popular like that in in America in US? Mm, no, no, mm. it's not as ingrained in the culture as it is here. I mean, okay. um, like people have like book collections and and things like that, but not not as many um, like graphic novels specifically. As they do here, which which I love, and it's and it's great because when we're traveling around to friends' houses with the kids, (laughs) the kids just get to grab whatever graphic novel like our friends are into, and they just dig in and dive in and just get engrossed in their in their books, and it's it's great. Mm -hmm. And for adults, there are like so many different also, and very and sometimes about very specific and serious topic huh? um, and that's that's what I like uh, to read actually sometimes about I don't know any kind of uh, of topic um, but uh, and drawing are very very nice and artistic sometimes it's like uh, I have to say masterpiece yeah yes <laughs> perfect yeah <laughs> perfect then um so now that we've talked about how wonderful you are helping everyone learn French um I think we're I'm gonna book a session when I get off this um so uh where where can uh, everybody that's listening connect with you book a session with you or just learn more about like what you can offer yeah sure I have a website uh, that is frenchmood-coaching.com I hope it's clear <laughs> and uh, I'm also on Instagram uh, and my username is frenchmood.coach so so here you can see many many uh, posts that I do and uh, yeah that's the best way to contact me yeah and your and your reels too (laughs) (laughs) see those reels on instagram yeah um i'll definitely include those in the show notes so that they're uh easier it's easier to connect with with inez and um we'll include the website as well as the instagram handle and i just want to say thanks so much hon thanks for coming on i've been i'm I'm so happy we were finally able to to do this podcast. Yay. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for your invitation and I hope that uh yeah, the listeners uh enjoy uh, our uh conversation and uh, that they took some um some some uh, inspiration from from that. <laughs> and I I'm hope sure they, they understood me. <laughs> <laughs> Of course, you have the cutest French accent. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, thank you so so much, Inez. Have a good day, hon. Thank you, Ali. Bye-bye. Bye, Bye, everyone. Bye. 
Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did, we did. And if you like this episode, please don't forget to click the subscribe button. If you have a friend that would enjoy it, please share it with them. I know this is how I garner a lot of my information. If you have any ideas or would like to be interviewed on the podcast, please feel free to send us an email at transplantedtofrance at gmail.com or you can get in touch with me on Instagram, which I'll be leaving my handle in the show notes below. Thank you so much for listening. Au revoir.